Welcome to the season three premiere of Interior Analysis. I'm Evan Westman. I'm Jelani Kelly. And today we are talking about the MPAA rating system. So it's going to be kind of a non-traditional episode, a little bit like what we did last year for 3X structure, but also totally different. And we are joined by three special guests. So we have Paige Morse, the host of the Revolution is Televised podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. Um, and we have Keegan Fritz, writer of the Universal Theme column for Popcorn Talk. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, Evan. Yep, good to have you. And Chase McLaughlin, host of the Afternoon Tune podcast. How you doing, everybody? And thank you for having me. Yep, good to have you. All right. So before we start, language warning and very general content warning. Because we're talking about the MPAA, we're we're probably going to end up talking about what goes into it. So definitely going to be some language on this one. I don't know what any of you guys are planning to talk about, but I'm just putting that warning out there. Like this won't be a safe for work podcast. So <laughs> headphones in probably. Uh, possible spoiler warning too. I don't know. I have no idea if we're going to get into that and I have no idea what for, but just possibility for that too. So the MPAA rating system basically is, it's exclusive to the US. It's the rating system we use to like basically say who a movie is recommended for is like so the ratings are g pg pg 13 r and nc 17 a lot of people probably know that but if you're not from here you might not be familiar that basically is what we're going to be talking about uh so i have a list of questions and we're gonna try to get through as many of them as we can in a timely manner hopefully while also getting a good sense of all the things the mpaa has an impact on with the movie industry first couple questions uh these are i don't want to call them icebreakers but i think it'll give a good sense of where we're coming from so first questions are what are the what's the first pg-13 movie you saw first one you saw in theaters and then first r-rated movie you saw and first r that you saw in theaters so let's start with you can answer both the pg-13s uh chase why don't we start with you so I don't think it was the first one that I saw, but it was definitely the first one that I remember seeing as a kid. And this was both in theaters and also, you know, potentially one of the first PG-13 movies I've seen. Rush Hour 3. And I only remember because I was with my parents and there are some scenes where, you know, some women be getting a little naked. And it was very uncomfortable to watch it with my parents. So that's probably why... That's like the first film that comes to mind for me. And uh, yeah, first one in theaters? Yeah, yeah. First one in theaters, but also it's the only one that I could kind of think of that might have been the first one I've seen. Maybe Child's Play? No, wait, Child's Play is rated, rated R, right? Uh, I don't know, actually. So that so Rush Hour 3, that was both for you, first and first in theaters. Yeah, in terms of like what I can remember. Um, I didn't realize it was... What, what, when did that come out? I thought those were like early 90s rush hour 3 actually came out in like 2007 or like 2006 maybe i'm not that old <laughs> no sorry i did i did, i just didn't know um, uh okay so since that was both years uh page why don't you go next so the first pg-13 movie i remember seeing was happy gilmore when i was a kid i feel like i watched a lot of like slapstick comedies with my dad and then also that kind of ties into the first one I saw in theaters, which I think was Grown Ups, another Adam Sandler movie. And it was, the funeral scene of that movie was filmed in the town I'm from. So I, it was like an event for all of us to go see it. 
even though I was like 10 years old. Uh, Keegan, what was yours? So for just PG-13, I can't say if this is like, again, like the very first one, just because my childhood like that, I feel like that's a blur at this point. I would say probably like the first Spider-Man that came out in 2002. Yeah, so that one. And I think that was in theater. That was no, that one was definitely in theaters. Um, mm. But yeah, so that one would probably be the first one that I would have actually like absorbed. So so yours was two for one there also, like first and first in theaters. Yeah, yeah, because like all the other movies that I probably would have been watching would have just been like at home thing. And I think they would have been PG more than likely okay and jelani what was yours i don't remember but i was gonna say spider-man as well probably i don't remember which for the movie theater either but um it was it was probably some superhero movie i remember seeing rise of the silver surfer the fantastic four sequel in theaters but that was rated pg just name any 2000 superhero movie and i counted as probably one of my first yeah, I was wondering, because I figured that might be reaching kind of far back. I wasn't sure if all of you would remember. Call um, us old, Evan? No, it's just, it's yeah, just no, 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 it's cool. Like, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're all basically the same age here, I think. Yeah, so for my two, uh, first one I saw was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, that's the fourth one. First in that series, that was PG-13. I think it was nine. I saw that. And then first in theaters was Avatar. Um, the James Cameron Blue People one, not the <laughs> Last Airbender one. I think it would have been 11 for that. Okay, so why don't we go same order? First, our movie you saw. So, Chase. Uh, so, I did look it up, and I think Child's Play was the first uh, R-rated movie I've seen. And it was, I saw it when I was maybe, like, way too young to see it. Like, five, six. And I've just never looked at dolls the same. Like, they all terrify me. Okay, and first one in theaters? Uh, first one in theaters might have actually been Deadpool. I don't know, because I can't name another movie that was rated R that I went out and saw before Deadpool that I can remember, you know? So the first R movie I saw was The Breakfast Club, and I feel like I was probably like 14. I feel like that movie, we'll get into this later, but I feel like that movie doesn't necessarily need to be rated R. So it wasn't too graphic or anything for me, I don't think. And then in theaters, I it took me a while to try to think of the first movie I saw in theaters, but I think it might have been Us, the Jordan Peele movie. So that was only from about a year ago, a little more probably, right? Yeah, I guess I don't go to the movies very often. Nobody is now. Yeah, you caught it just in time, I guess. Um, uh, okay, Keegan, how about you? All right, so I definitely remember, like, I, again, I don't know the ages. I think I think I was, like, anywhere from the ages of four to six, probably. But I definitely remember watching Apocalypse Now, like the Redux version, and Full Metal Jacket because of my dad. Like, he, like, really likes those movies, and he put them on, and, like, I remember them, not so much for the content. I mean, at the time, I've seen them since. But, like, definitely that was very, like, vivid just in terms of senses at the time. And in theaters, I think that may have been my dad took me to see The Departed. And so that would have been 2006. So 
I think that was the first, but honestly, like, it is a little bit of a guess, but I'm going to go with that as my first. And Jelani? I want to say the first R movie I saw was com Coming to America, because I remember there was like an early nude scene in that, and my parents, whenever a nude scene would come on, would cover my eyes. And I was like, <laughs> I hope there's not a whole lot of that in this movie. And I understood a good chunk of the jokes back then. Obviously, it wasn't in theaters at the time. We had the discs, so um, I think that was the first movie, R movie I saw. And then... I'm gonna I'm gonna say Deadpool as well, like Chase said, because I I don't ever remember purposely going to a movie theater to see a rated R movie. I probably would have seen Deadpool if it was PG thirteen as well, but it just so happened to be R, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that too. Okay, uh, so my two first non theater was The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson one, and then first one in theaters was Kingsman: The Secret Service, the first one. Next one, uh, only answer if you feel comfortable. What movie did you see that, like, disturbed you slash fucked you up slash upset you the most? Like, any of the above. Keegan, why don't we start with you on that? Yeah, so I, I'm honestly this, like, it pairs into the last one. I'm going to go with my dad's choice of making me watch the Redux version because, like, Apocalypse Now is a long movie, but when you're that young, like, and it just keeps going, like, yeah, that definitely desensitized me. But I also think, like, just, like, generally not really having restrictions. Like, I never really, around movies, I I never really thought, like, I haven't looked at certain themes that are more taboo. I haven't looked at them, like, as like that. So I don't know if that counts as, like, being, like, fucked up or if that just counts as, like, being more open-minded. I'm not sure, but probably it's a I think it's whatever you you want to count it as yeah okay chase what do we do to you next so as a kid i'd say the the joint that really messed me up was uh the original it and i'm only saying that because like i was like maybe five years old so like my imagination was already like screwed up because of child's play but then when i saw it some random monday morning i, I just remember eating a bowl of cereal and that movie was just on for whatever reason at 6 a.m., that joint that joint screwed me up before I got to school. It was the scene where he, you know, actually eats and kills the kid. <laughs> um, in like the most terrible 90s cliche graphics that they had back in the day with the, you know, the effects and whatnot. Uh, it's nothing like the It today, or I mean that came out a couple years ago, but still as a kid, made my imagination go wild. And I'd say maybe the most fucked up movie i've seen in a minute was probably midsummer <laughs> oh yeah i've heard that one's intense <laughs> yes. i have not seen it myself i second that just the way some characters die in that in that movie it, it hits it hits different uh, so definitely <laughs> if you've never seen that movie before uh just prepare yourself you know you might want to have some like I don't know, like you might want to play some Animal Crossing beforehand or something, <laughs> you know, like, you know, really work your way up into that and then get like a palate cleanser afterwards. <laughs> yeah, balance things out. Okay, uh, Jelani, why don't we do you next? So I think this happened later in life, but anything from Final Destination, the, the, <laughs> that series of movies, because uh, I was awake when I wasn't supposed to be. I, and I, I won't get in the house, but like, I was able to see the deaths, 
and this this happened multiple times at my dad's house like I, I saw he first of all he showed me the second the deaths from the second movie don't know why and then like i stayed up for some reason to watch i think it was three and then four like the deaths of those uh, whenever I see the deaths, like it could just be a clip in those movies. I just get paranoid for like the next three days and I'm careful with everything I'm doing around my house. And like the thing about those movies is like most of the deaths in those movies can happen because pe- people have died in some crazy ways. That- that's mm-hmm. what made it scary to me. So all the-, all of the final destinations. Paige, how about you? Two different answers for this one. I feel like in terms of like scaring me as a kid, Ghostbusters for some reason really scared me um which is embarrassing but that movie with like I don't think it was the marshmallow man but it was like the monster before it became the marshmallow man that scared me and in terms of like seeing a movie before I should have seen it and it disturbed me I would say 16 candles I saw that movie when I was probably like nine or ten and it's rated PG, but there's, like, full nudity in it. Like, it was before the PG-13 rating was introduced. And I feel like that really, I was like, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> okay. My answer is uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Very different from all of yours. <laughs> I, I stand by this. Like, it's, it's a kid's movie, PG movie. I saw it when I was, like, 11. But, like, the way everyone eats in that movie, mm. like touch this deep part of my soul and i'm like oh like something about the way food is like and of course food is all over that movie but like the way it deals with food and the whole thing is like disgusting it is gross (laughs) and for years i cited that as my least favorite movie now if i saw it today i'd probably be like relatively okay but it still is really gross to me yeah like i i stand by that answer like nothing on like game of thrones or anything later has like yeah, to this day, Claudia with a chance. Honorable mention to Shark Tale. I didn't realize <laughs> how creepy that movie looked <laughs> until recently, yeah, bro. The Will Smith fish, bro. Mean? Come on, man. You can't deny. On, you can't bro. deny the angelfish was kind of cute, though. No, no, Chase. No, Chase. Come on. No. Lie to yourself. Oh my god. No, I'm not. No. No. It, it is weird how they make the fish look kind of like people in that movie. Yeah. Like, oh they do that God. with a lot of animals, but especially in that. Yeah. Like, they all have arms, basically. Things that shouldn't look human and have dimples are creepy. I think it was only the yeah. fish in that movie, too, because the sharks look fine. Mm. The jelly, every, everybody else looked. It was just yeah. the fish. Yeah. They all had, <laughs> the, the like... goddamn Will Smith fish. <laughs> they all had, like, straight teeth. Oh, God. I never yeah. thought of that, but yes. Imagine all, going fishing and you catch a fish with all human teeth. <laughs> yeah, he like. I'm I'm good on he that. He grabs the bait with his teeth. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it's a no. You said midsummer <laughs> chase, nah, yeah, but yeah, the nah. shark tail. <laughs> shark tails. <laughs> Animation can be yeah. mad creepy though. Next question: What do you consider like the movie that most deserves a lower rating, and which most deserves a higher rating? Uh, but we'll start with. Which one do you think deserves a lower rating? So, like, if it got an R, it should be PG-13. Paige, why don't we start with you on that? I said this earlier, but I think The Breakfast Club deserves a PG-13 rating. I know that PG-13 wasn't... It started in 1984. Breakfast Club came out in 85, so I guess it was still, like, a new rating. I don't know if they weren't sure, like, what to rate it or if, like, 
like I feel like the PG-13 was a new idea so they didn't really know what quite fit into that category yet um, but I feel like it deserves a lower rating because I feel like it's only rated R for swearing and like there's no sex in it they smoke weed in it so I think maybe the drug use would make it rated R and I know I think for PG-13 you're only allowed one f-word so there's definitely more than one f-word in that movie yeah so just to to clarify that i i have more i want to say on the f-word thing but technically yes like it's one kind of two context does matter like it can't be in like a sexual context like a good distinction is like pg-13 you can say fuck you you cannot say i want to fuck you Mm -hmm. i think it's like two if they're if the mpa is like all right we'll give it to you but like one is kind of their guideline. Don't they sometimes get away with like a middle finger as well? Yeah, I I didn't see any language in their documents about middle fingers or like any gestures at all. Come to think of it, uh, I don't think they have specifications on that. Yeah, I don't I don't know where the line is. Who wants to go next with this? I'm gonna just say any PG movie nowadays. Like those could all be G. For example, like Despicable Me. Did that need to, that's PG. <laughs> What parent needs to sit with their child to watch that? Like, if no one died, in my opinion, it should just be rated G. Like, Frozen yeah. as well as PG. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, a lot of kids' movies nowadays don't really need the PG rating. But that, that's just my opinion. I, Despicable Me has an evil genius as the lead. They, the P, <laughs> the parents need to be there to make sure that the kids kid don't might grow evil. up to be a supervillain, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to turn into Gru, kids. Yeah. I was almost going to put that. The only thing I disagree with you on there, Jelani, um, there are minions in it, so automatic NC-17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, well, you got me. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't know how it got through theaters. <laughs> I know. Freaking banana head guys. Kids shouldn't be seeing that. <laughs> um, uh, Chase, why don't we have you go next? Uh, so the two most popular ones I've seen that got into some controversy over um their rating was king speech which is rated r for specifically one scene that follows that sort of weird guideline where you're only allowed to say uh fuck once but not in like a sexual way or anything but because he like leads up to it with like because he has a stutter so he like stutters the word and because he stutters it oh, it's, wow. it's considered rated r and then the other one was boyhood and it was rated r simply because the dudes were looking at a lingerie magazine um when they were kids so yeah no i mean like that that's a debatable one because it is weird but like they're kid like i don't know it's it's not like they're seeing you know the nipples and just straight you know wanking off to it it's just they're looking at it the show i mean the movie was about growing up so i don't know i think that would have had enough language to justify it if not so like they like that was probably what was like technically on there i don't know what the like specifications were but i think that would have also been part of it for boyhood yeah i don't i can't quite remember how many how many fucks they give (laughs) but that those were like the two most popular ones that kind of got some controversy 
Keegan? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned King's Speech. I was going to bring that one up, but the second one is more just like the genre. I would say like there's a lot of PG-13 horror movies that like, like if for the amount of movies that get misplaced into the R category just for language, like I feel like like Insidious is PG-13 or the, I think the original Grudge maybe. Drag um, Me to Hell is too. Yeah, like like those have themes that like are more potential to like scare a kid than just some adult language or like some themes that are pretty just realistic to the like normal world yeah so my i was considering giving basically the answer jelani gave but i'm gonna say baby driver Mm. of course it wouldn't be because i think there's like way too many f-words in that to be pg-13 but like personally i don't see like a whole lot wrong with that i think like and I'm going to get into this later, but, like, the violence in that movie is, first of all, it's, like, pretty minimal. But it has consequences, which I think is, like, good. So, like, there's that. I mean, aside from that, there's also two known sex offenders in it, but we didn't know that when it came out. So that's <laughs> sort of another conversation, which it it recontextualizes it. But, like, in terms of content, I don't see a whole lot that I wouldn't let, like, a young teenager see in there. Yeah, so keep the same order which one deserves a higher rating the most Paige? i think we started with you right yes so like i said before i would definitely say 16 candles because of the nudity lots of talking about sex swears but then i would also pick the dark knight to be rated r instead of pg-13 because Mm. i feel like it's very violent especially the scene when the joker he like kills a guy by like putting his head into like a pencil like i feel like it was just very violent so i i would say that that could be rated r i feel like it's just a very like violent movie yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because like my personally i never felt this but i've heard other people also mention the dark knight is like oh wow like not not in terms of like what's there visually or anything but they're like wow this is like the most upsetting movie i've seen in years really it was a lot of the reception yeah i've i've mostly heard that from people like uh and like the generation above us like Hmm. who might have seen it when it first came out because i think it was i think it like touched on a lot of like the conversation around terrorism at the time Mm. and like that's more speculation but i think that's kind of like how it was received initially i never really had that reception of it but it's it's interesting to me that some people do have that opinion on it or like that was how they saw it jelani i think you were next right yeah i i think keegan did the other answer first but i'm gonna agree with keegan with the uh horror movies a lot of pg-13 horror movies that touch on topics that just should be rated r like the drag me to hell example like that's a girl that's getting chased around and scared constantly by actual demons because uh she's supposed to go to hell and and i feel like a lot of the pg uh, pg-13 horror movies are like wasted potential because they're trying to like get away from the gore so they'll like mm. cut away from somebody dying it could have been a really cool kill for anybody that's sadistic but um <laughs> A lot of not a PG thirteen horror movies. Okay, uh, Chase, how about you? Yeah, that that was kind of hard for me to find um, like a specific example, but I'm gonna say a joke answer, as in Suicide Squad, which should have been NC seventeen, <laughs> okay. so nobody needs to see that. <laughs> but I do agree with you guys on like how we kind of give a pass on very violent movies 
to being PG-13, which is kind of weird. Yeah, there's there's other people that and doing some research, people harped on that yeah. too. That like some like sex scenes seem to like that some people think are like a lot less offensive than like some of the violence that is in PG thirteen mm-hmm. movies. Like it seems like violence gets harped on mm-hmm. less by the MPAA than sex does. I don't know whether I personally agree with that assessment, but I know that there's a lot of people who do feel that way. Oh, you know, you know um, what I just remembered? The Indiana Jones, where, where the one where the dude got his head melted off. That joint is like uh, rated PG. I think that's the first one. <laughs> I was going to get into this later, but that's really interesting you say that because the Indiana Jones movies are cited as a major reason that the PG-13 rating was created. Mm. I don't know which one. I think it was Temple of Doom was the one that like is credited for like creating the pg-13 rating but i think it was kind of like that series in general kind of a big turning point for that let me also add to the other question other part of this question the harley quinn movie didn't need to be rated r i didn't know it was rated r when i went to see it Birds of Prey. they dropped the f-bomb in the very beginning i was like oh they wasted their one f-bomb <laughs> and and then they kept saying it i was like are they breaking the rules? What is this? And then I realized, like, I looked it up after I saw the movie. I was like, oh, oh, this was rated R. Okay, cool. I, I don't know why it was, but they didn't need the swearing. In that. I'm, that, that's just a side thing. Keegan, what did you put? Yeah, yeah, well, it turns out I, I he was right. I definitely, I answered this wrong. So I'm going to give a different one because I have another one that I think uh, could have a higher rating than it does now. I would say, like, the first Anchorman, because, like, I feel like there's definitely, like, compared to some other things that are rated R, like, that one has just a bit more, like, raunch to it, and there's, like, a lot of, like, sexual themes or whatever, and, like, I don't know. I I was surprised when it was PG-13. I always remember it being, like, up there with the other kind of R-rated uh, Will Ferrell movies so I thought I, I was surprised that it was PG-13 so my answer um, there were a couple of candidates I had but I decided to say Taken to to be clear I haven't seen it in a long time but my justification for it is like the entire theme of that movie is like human trafficking and like sex slaves and that to me feels like it should be like enough for an R rating. I think technically in terms of like whatever the MPA's requirements are, like it fits in a PG-13, but I kind of feel like in that kind of context, it shouldn't matter. Like human trafficking is pretty damn heavy. That would be my pick for that. Next bit, um, this is the only part that doesn't involve questions. I'm going to just run through a real quick history of the rating system because I think it's something that a lot of people don't know and anyone you can feel free to chime in on this um, if you want. In 1930 you have the Hayes Code was like kind of the first rating system that was in place. Basically it's like a set of rules for what can and cannot be put in a movie. They're also like very strict rules. You can look it up later. I'm going to link to some documents that like talk about this from the MPAA that go through all of this in more detail. 1956, they revised the Hayes Code to add guidelines on blasphemy and mocking the clergy. Like, I think you weren't allowed to mock the clergy was the guideline. Mm. But it pulls back some prohibitions against depictions of interracial relationships, abortion, prostitution, and drug use. Then the modern rating system that we have was created in 1968. 
So at this point, you have stuff that's G, PG, and R are the three ratings. A big reason for that was in like the late 50s, early 60s, there were a lot of movies that were not approved by the Hays Code. And I should have said that too. The Hays Code, it was basically like there was no rating on it. It was like it got a pass or it didn't. So like the big one that I've heard of was Some Like It Hot, which if you haven't seen it, it's basically white chicks, but set in the 50s. Um <laughs> Just for context. And then in 1984, we already talked about this a bit, um, but the PG-13 rating is added then. Indiana Jones is like a big catalyst for that, at least from what I read. And then in 1990, you have the rating descriptors that are added. So that's like the little box next to the rating where it'll be like R for violence and like a scene of drug use or something. Like all those, that little box after that says like why it's rated what it is. And then in 1999 was the when you started having to show ID when you went into an R-rated movie. And that was in response in large part to the Columbine shooting. That was like almost a direct response to that. 2003, they, the MPA starts reviewing trailers and like other ads. Um, I don't know what they had in place before, but they like created an advertising board for that. 2006, the documentary This Film Is Not Yet Rated came out. So... That's a. I only just watched that like a couple days ago in preparation for this. It's very interesting, very biased against the MPAA. If you're interested in like their infrastructure, that is like a very interesting watch. It kind of breaks down like why maybe the MPAA is set up in kind of a backwards way. It's mostly about like NC-17 ratings and like how that's kind of a form of censorship is sort of their thing, but it. It, I think that may have like had an impact on the rating system since then. And then in 2007, this was kind of the last thing that the MPAA's documents that I read mentions. They add smoking and tobacco imagery as a factor in ratings, and that's in 2007. So that's just a, some quick context. So basically, like the, the long and short of it is like the MPAA system that we have in place now is basically created as a reaction to the Hayes Code before, which was like literal censorship is the Hayes mm. Code. And that was like a major thing that the MPAA was founded on is like, we are not censors. We are going to say like, this is basically what's in a movie, but we are not going to tell you that you cannot create it, which is what the Hayes Code did. Hey guys, do you like us as people? Then subscribe to our Patreon where you'll hear us talk about the Spider-Man trilogy and movies we might not like as much. Yeah, for $1 a month you can hear a bonus episode. And for $3 a month you can see our notes on all of our regular episodes. I had 17 pages worth of notes on Gone Girl. So if that is of interest to you, that is available. You see our live reactions to movies we might not have ever seen before. Like, I have some stuff on there where I'm like, well, why the hell did this happen here? And why why did this guy do this over there? And you can just show your support. You can have access to our Discord server where you can request movies for us to do in the future or just, you know, give us your feedback. And you can be part of the interior analysis community for just $1 a month. And now back to the episode. Let's get into our next set of questions, which is about the effectiveness of the MPAA. First one, this is a little broad. What would you say is the biggest thing that the MPAA does well? Keegan, why don't we start with you on that? Yeah, I think um, 
I think the best thing that it does is just like help parents and who would like to know a bit about the content from potentially other parents because that's like I guess how the MPA is set up and because like it's not financially really viable to like go see a movie if it's in theaters to go see a movie and then watch it and check it for yourself and like a lot of people don't have time for that so I think like it helps us kind of like a general reference guide to the general population when it comes to like oh should I take my kids to see this movie but like that's me being as nice as I can to the MPAA <laughs> okay um, well this is kind of the time for that if there's any okay Chase why don't we go to you next yeah I, I agree with Keegan on that it's kind of just a sort of generalized very easy and comprehensible guide for parents uh, that truly care because <laughs> they're you know I've been to plenty of theaters like even Deadpool where there were just like a bunch of kids with their parents uh, so some don't but you know I guess for the average American probably Protestant Christian family uh, I feel like it's a you know solid enough guide for them so that they don't you know send their kids to go see Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, Jelani how about you I said nothing, <laughs> but if I had to give them anything, it'd be the the descriptors that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Like this movie contains cigarettes and 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 violence, but sometimes even they, I think I saw a movie where they I, I can't remember, but I, I'm pretty sure I've seen a few movies where like the descriptors weren't entirely accurate or they missed something completely. Like it it'll be. A, a PG-13 movie and there's like nudity at some point I was like well that wasn't in the scripters but that's cool but uh no nothing okay. <laughs> so just to just to clarify with your answer there just the way that the MPAA like their justification for how they do the descriptors is like they only do the content that they feel warrants whatever rating it has like mm -hmm. if there is like some language but like it doesn't cross into our territory but it's an r-rated movie they might not mention language in the descriptor ah. um that's kind of like how they describe what the descriptors are in some of their documents mm -hmm. but in your case it sounds like you think it was not really accomplishing that Paige, how about you i basically agree with what everyone else was saying but i said i think it tells viewers what to expect like, you basically know what you're signing up for if they rate it correctly and describe it correctly. Mm. And, yeah, it helps parents decide if a movie is okay for their kids to see. Okay. Uh, my answer was basically, I, I was going to have another one, but after, like, doing a little more research, basically the only thing that I think I can say it does well is it is a good response to the Hayes Code. Like, technically, it's not censorship. I think it is restrictive in other ways that I'll talk about later. It's good that it's not the Hayes Code, <laughs> is my answer. Um, so, again, let's keep the same order for this one. What is the biggest thing you think the MPAA does wrong? So, Keegan. Yeah, so, interesting question. So, I think uh, the MPAA does... I think it severely limits, like, the art form in general and its capacity to comment on and like explore human nature in any meaningful way because it like bolsters unnecessary fears of 
taboo subjects and like adult themes and I think it kind of like a consequence is that is it creates like a cookie cutter way to make a movie if you want to make money in like the general population and I think it's really like skewed and biased and yeah I'll leave it there for now okay yeah we'll, we'll be getting into more of that later I think so, yeah uh, yeah there probably will be time for more of that Chase how about you yeah I uh... Even though they're supposedly anonymous, it does feel like there's a very obvious... Like, I could see these parents. Like, I feel like I know <laughs> exactly. these parents. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the how they how they rate and review, and review movies is ten, tends to sway towards a sort of Protestant, Christian, like, you know, uh, middle-class America sort of background. You know, I, I would hope that sooner or later that they start to get a little bit more inclusive with like the kinds of parents that they let in. Because like, there's certain movies I, I I know for a fact there's no black there's no black parents in this <laughs> that <laughs> that like we're like all right no that's too much or that's too little. So yeah, I'd say it, you can kind of feel like you can get the sense that they're very much Protestant Christians, and I feel like. If they just expanded their what is it called their membership to different groups of parents maybe it could get a little bit more fair but you know there will always be a bias yeah so um just to respond to that for like what the mpa actually like sets out in their guidelines their raters are i think it's like eight to 13 people mm. at any given time this is mostly based on the documentation that i read they have to be parents with kids from i think the age of like five to 17 when they start and then they have to leave when their kid becomes 21 uh when their youngest kid becomes 21 Un unless they become a senior raider which is kind of a different thing and they say like they try to get a good diversity there but they don't really specify well the one thing they mention in the document i read was like region of the country which mm. i thought was a very odd way to like define having a diverse group of parents like i never hear that mm. as another as a marker of diversity like it doesn't say anything about like you were saying like religion race sexual orientation economic background anything like that and you know personally i think even if you have the most diverse group of 13 people ever you're not gonna represent like the average american parent yeah. as they claim to <laughs> there's more you can look into on that there might have been a couple specifications i missed jelani i think you were next right i said the way they handle swearing in movies mm. just in general you, you get one f-bomb in a pg-13 movie and it can't be in a sexual way like isn't telling somebody to go fuck themselves like in a sexual way because they got away with that in um was it first class when wolverine said that yeah people pg-13 movies are marketed towards so like for example superhero movies mm. know what the fuck the f word is I, I i don't get it i knew what the f word was long before i turned 13 and maybe even uses it a few times before i even turned 13 you know so like just the way in general, like, a G movie will go from G to PG because there's, like, the word damn in there somewhere. Like, oh, no, nope, you gotta have a parent. The, the kid can't know what that word means. <laughs> like, just fuck the MPA, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Paige, how about you? I agree with what everyone was saying. I think that 
it can be biased towards definitely what like wasp parents think white anglo-saxon protestant so i think that definitely sways how things are rated and i think just making things more taboo than they are is harmful overall and i think like as a kid that probably would make me want to watch something more if i knew i was not allowed to watch it and also just in general i think that the MPAA isn't always correct in what they rate things like we were talking about earlier so that's something that they can often do wrong yeah they kind of like i think in in some of what i read they're like we've gotten criticisms from all sides like some people think we're too strict some people think we're like too lenient and i think i've heard criticisms of both depending on the movie so like in a way they're kind of def- i think they kind of like defend themselves like that that like we're never going to be able to please everyone mm-hmm. which is is true like you they really never could appease everyone at least not with the system they have i don't think my answer for this uh biggest thing they do wrong totally second you jelani the f word thing is so fucking ridiculous <laughs> unintended uh, um bro and the parents the parents be saying the worst shit in real life like <laughs> yeah Yes. Like the parents yes, be swearing I... like sailors, but the movies they put on be like Tom's the fucking tank engine or some shit, bro. Like... <laughs> yeah. Side note with this the way they like lay out that like they can only have one X- F word, they like <laughs> describe what the F word is without saying it in their documentation, which I thought was hilarious. Oh my like, God. like, you know what you're talking about. Like, who are you trying to fool here? <laughs> if. if... If they say if they type it, it's not professional. It's not. It's not an official yep. document. But could you but imagine? Like, if anyone should, they should. That's what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Could you imagine though, being thirteen, you only have one F to say, like every day. Oh my god. Well, if, if, it's, if we're if we're sticking with movies, it might be every two hours. Oh, Maybe true. You get one every two hours. Ah. <laughs> um. Maybe a middle finger here and there. If you already said it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, or if like de- depending on the interpretation, maybe you get one the entire time you're 13. And then <laughs> after that, we don't even know. Oh, that's um, rough. <laughs> like yes, the F word thing's ridiculous. Also, I would say like they focus a lot more on content than context. Personally, I think context is a lot more important. Mm. Mm-hmm. In-, in terms of the MPAA's job, maybe they shouldn't. And like their distinctions, I think are very arbitrary and not as objective as they claim. When you actually look at like the language they use and their like bylaws i guess or like how they distinguish between one another it's very vague language except for the f word thing which is why it's ridiculous like that is the most strict rule they have so stupid it's like a meme at this point though (laughs) right it kind of i think it's actually i don't know what the movie is but i i've heard of it like there's a there's a movie that's pg-13 that calls it out they're like you know you only get to say fuck once in a (laughs) pg-13 oh man well i guess we just wasted it there um (laughs) i i think it may have been i i don't know if i'm right here but i think i remember that that brings back a memory of that movie warm bodies it wasn't even that long ago like that zombie one i never saw that oh I feel like it might have been something else. I think but they, maybe, maybe they do both. it too, I think. I think they also mention it. So yeah, it's become a bit of like a joke. Like even in the industry, like creators like know that the MPAA is going to shut them down if they say anything more. I kind of yeah. like, but also dislike when movies like call attention to it in like some some slight way. Like 
Fury at the end of uh, Infinity War. Mm. Like oh, when he yeah. Said, he, he, it, it cuts off, and it's like, oh, I wonder what he was going to say there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fridge? Mother Fridge. Maybe. Mother. I don't know. Monkey fighting. <laughs> oh, no. In keeping with Sam Jackson tradition, it would be either monkey fighting or Monday to Monday Friday. Monday to Friday? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next question. What do you see as the role that the MPA should play, and how much is it filling this role? We've probably gotten into this a little bit already. Why don't we start with you, Jelani? I don't, I don't think they should play any significant role. I mean, it rolls into the... My answer would kind of just roll into my my suggestion. Just just make every movie fucking unrated and just leave the descriptors there and just let people fucking figure it out. <laughs> just let it be a free-for-all. I, I'm so sick of this censored nonsense. Okay. that That's pretty close to my answer, actually. Yeah. I, I might just give mine now, just since it's so close. Like, yeah, basically, like, I think they should say, like, what's in it? Um, both in terms of like context and content they could and i think they there is a way they could do that while remaining objective because like part of their thing is they don't want to like pass judgment on any of it they just want to let you know what's in it i think that's they could exactly do that. what they're doing though i yeah. kind of agree with that yeah like because they're assigning value like they're basically equating one f word to like whatever kind of depiction of violence warrants it are like mm-hmm. that's kind of equal in their book whether whether they believe it or not that is how they're treating it mm-hmm. so it's like it is assigning value to it but yeah i would say like in terms of like context i think they could be objective about that and also tell you like the context of whatever is happening like that might be sensitive in its current form i don't think it's really doing that it's just kind of slapping general labels on it mm-hmm. that are basically arbitrary there is an extent to which it is filling out its purpose like yes you they are giving somewhat of a sense of like what is in a movie that maybe parents or viewers in general might want to know about what i think they miss there though is like potentially triggering topics like they don't they tend not to mention theme Mm. like what like the whole Mm -hmm. like the, the thing i go back to with it is like spotlight is rated r but i think it's only rated r for language so like if you took out and it only has like five f words in it so like if i don't you even took remember out the four language of them, in it. yeah yeah it's, it's not a lot so like i think if you took out like four f words it might have gotten a pg-13 and i really do not think like spotlight should be a pg-13 movie mm-hmm. like that could be very triggering for some people mm. so i think the triggers thing is like a major thing that they miss also in their ratings you, you just gotta think of how many movies fucking suffered with their final product because they had to take a scene out because they wanted it to be marketable towards a certain audience like mm-hmm. how how many good scenes that m- might have made or or broke a, a movie were lost because of this nonsense like yeah, and if you look at, like, if you watch this film is not yet rated, all like, there's a, there's a lot of directors that are interviewed in that, and they talk all about their experience where they were like, the MPA gives them an NC-17, and they're like, okay, what can we cut out? And the mm-hmm. MPA is like, uh, well, we don't want to tell you because then that censorship, but they're like, okay, but we want to know because we want to get an R, so, like, tell mm-hmm. us what to cut out, and we'll cut it out. And I, I think creators just have, like, gotten to know the MPA a little better at this point so that they know what to cut but mm-hmm. uh, that's more speculation than anything else but like i think a lot of creators have that same frustration they just are 
better at predicting how the MPA is going to react now than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go next with that? What What do you see as their role, and how much is it filling this role? Uh, I can go. So, yeah, I think pretty much... I, I like that you mentioned themes, because like, when I was thinking over this, I felt like ideally that would be a role that they could play. It's just somehow mentioning that a film handles mature themes in like and then just leave it like as that so then the parent can kind of be like all right so this is a film that is going to try to like dig a little deeper than frozen or something (laughs) and then like they cannot take their kid to that Mm. um and like even then like there's probably it needs that would need like a real discussion on like if there's a better substitute for the word mature because like there's it's it's all really relative like what does that actually mean in terms Mm. of to each different type of family and stuff like that but yeah how much of it is filling this role right now i think it's doing way more harm and it's not really doing that and like you get like everything you guys were saying about how it's like attributing value and it's it's uh stifling like creators to have to kind of like play this weird chess game with the mpaa to get their movies out they're wild in right now <laughs> or all the time all this they have been uh page yeah, I, I agree with what everyone's been saying. I think in general, like, the role that I see it playing is just, like, a precaution of what to expect, but that it shouldn't dictate the whole movie-going experience and it shouldn't dictate what creators should be able to put in their movies. Okay. And how how well would you say it's, like, accomplishing that at the moment? I didn't think it was that bad until I got on this call and now I hear what you guys think um, and I see your points because I'm not like a screenwriting major like like I'm not like a creator myself so I guess I don't see how that would affect it but now I'm kind of seeing that side. Yeah well I mean that was kind of part of why I wanted so many people on here because like we have a, a little bit of like diversity of like whether we're creators or not here i don't really know what you do creatively chase but like i'll be doing stuff okay um <laughs> well we're gonna we're gonna get into like the creator side of it later a bit too we already have a bit and that's fine but i have more specific questions about that uh chase what was your answer for this dude i'm mad you guys making me having to defend this shit so i do give them their props in the sense that they fulfill their role in the sense that you don't see many Karens complaining about movies. There's not too many cases of, you know, some crazy lady emailing a studio saying, my kid got scarred from this movie uh, because the rating was wrong. So I have to give them their props on that and that alone. I do think that the problem with the MPAA is the fact that there's an NC-17 rating that prohibits you from even just being in a theater to begin with. I think that I think that rule is just stupid. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's the that's the one reason why that like that's probably like the one reason why I would say that they do kind of fail is because they have a rating that restricts you from being in theaters to begin with and I think that's so dumb. You imagine like a 7-year-old accidentally stepping into a, a movie theater that's nc-17 just getting tackled out by like a, a movie usher or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like 
<laughs> so I get why it exists. And I do think that they do maybe like a D plus C minus job of uh, making sure that there's no movies that kids from very strict households don't get into the movies that they're not supposed to get into. So I have to give them their, their props <laughs> for that much. Yeah. I, I think like in modern terms, I, I agree with you there. I think in years past, that hasn't always been the case. Like, mm. and I think that's, I think they've adapted to that accordingly. I I think there were maybe some, things that like they did get complaints about and now they're like trying to be a little more consistent and like not rock the boat at all with stuff i, I think uh titanic was one that mm. was a big deal because like there's a i think it's like a half topless scene with kate winslet in it like the famous scene where dicaprio draws her and that was a big deal for people like that it was pg-13 and it had that scene in it and i think the mpaa got a little bit of heat from some parents for that but in more recent years again i think creators are like kind of able to predict what they're gonna say a little bit wait 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 the mpaa caught heat because she was topless but the entire fucking boat full of people sank and that was fine (laughs) (laughs) other people have said exactly that thing yeah Um, death and violence that's fine oh my god yeah no that's cool that happens. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's just part, part of, of it. life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but nipples can't. No. Nope. Apparently. You know. No. Too much. That's, that's, not, that's, that's um, over the line. That's not a. It's not yeah. A, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I, I don't know, like, wh- whether they made the right call or not there. But like <laughs> that, I know that was one that like people were a little bit up in arms about at the time. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, spoilers for people who who didn't know what happened in the Titanic. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. We well, you did mention more. spoilers in the beginning, so you're fine. Yeah. Oh man, I never watched the Titanic. Oh. Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> this is kind of similar. Ideally, what would you specify in a rating in terms of content, age, tone, message, recommendation, other, any of that? Uh, Paige, why don't we start with you? I wrote like I think that specifying if there's sexual content, um, language violence i said like disturbing images i was thinking more about like horror movies and stuff like Like midsummer like yeah like gore but also just like even without gore like a horror shark tail i don't think that specifying if there's like smoking or alcohol in a movie is necessary that's interesting because that's like their most recent thing that they added like i think they got pressure from certain groups to add smoking as a descriptor yeah i feel like why is that necessary like this isn't prohibition are they backed by the real truth (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know keegan why don't we do you next uh yeah i so i going there one of the options could be like like i mentioned earlier something to do with themes or and this is kind of giving away a different question but um just like a sticker like a parental advisory sticker on an album like that's what should be there Mm. and it's just like you know one way or the other if there's going to be some stuff or not and then like maybe then it's up to the parent especially nowadays to like use google to just search like you can now find out like i mentioned earlier that the mpa helps parents who don't have time but like now i realize they can just google this information and find out (laughs) so there's that um or you could do like like a 
like boyhood was an exam a good example of it's kind of orientated at teens and whatnot but yet like they couldn't see it because of the ratings and it was like an r rating so you could have like if is it orientated to the perspective of like a family or is it to an adult or to like a teenager mm-hmm. and then that way you could kind of like who's the targeted audience and then that targeted audience can decide if like they feel it's mature or not for them mm. Mm. yeah i kind of feel like the ratings that we have now sort of implicitly do that anyway yeah that's true but they don't seem to do it accurately i guess like Mm-mm. i think what they do accurately in some ways is like basically pg at this point is like this is bring your kids like everyone like this is a kids movie is basically what a pg means and then pg-13 is like if you're an adult you'll probably enjoy this but like if you have kids it might be okay to bring them and then r is like this is like a movie for adults is like it, it kind of like the marketing it like the rating is the marketing yeah to do, me at this point if you're saying it like that do we really even need the g rating anymore if pg is just like kind of both it's like I mean, the line, it's definitely <laughs> gone to that now it seems like i saw a, i saw a uh, video talking about that um just the slight differences between g and pg um and now the reason why a lot of movies try to go for the pg rating is because that's sort of like the edgier, cooler. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Marketing approach, no. <laughs> somehow, some way. But like oh. kids, they, you know, kids want to push the boundaries. So they marketed towards PG for the kids that want to see slightly edgier kids content. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever that means. Um, I think I feel like there used to be like kind of a distinction, but like so. Yeah. This this is another thing I looked up doing this. I'm, I'm gonna frame it in, in the form of a guess. How many G-rated movies do any of you think were released from 2010 to 2019? Nine. Just a number. I'd say under 100, maybe. Definitely or under 100. Correct. Yeah. I, I I'm saying like nine. Nine yeah it's something it's something really low that's that's probably super low balling it but it's it's it ain't nothing crazy well not not that much by my count i think i went to box office mojo to check this by my count i think it's 17 Mm. in like a 10 year span like we basically don't make them anymore it's funny like my 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 mom's a middle school teacher and is only allowed to show g-rated movies in her classroom Mm. and she's like i'm running out at this point for like (laughs) indoor recess and then like just a couple days ago she was like yeah they 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 let me like do pg now (laughs) (laughs) that's another conversation but basically like yeah we don't really make g-rated movies anymore for some reason i i would say um i'm fine with what they they specify now they, they just need to be a little more accurate, maybe maybe a little more specific, especially if they were to just get rid of the PG, G, PG-13, and R things all together. Just be a little more specific on that. That's it. Hmm. Anyone else answer for that? Uh, Wait, Lion King was G, but Frozen is PG? Oh, bro, I'm about to have a fit. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is kind of wild. Mufasa like, got clapped talk- in front of our <laughs> eyes, bro. <laughs> yeah, we watched that. We watched the king of the jungle die before our eyes, oh. and that was rated G. 
I'm sorry. Wow, let it go is PG. That's crazy. They were they saw her sorcery and they were like, witches, nah, bro. Yeah. You get that, get this out of my Christian house, bro. <laughs> it's sad how uh, accurate. Uh, <laughs> that's probably what happened. They were like, yo, witches? Oh Witch no, crap. no, no. That goes against the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we 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 could ask, but they probably wouldn't tell us um, what their actual reasoning was. Mm. Who still hasn't Chase? Have you gone for this one? No, but I I don't really have too much to really add. It's kind of just like um, I think what you guys all been saying about like um, specifying what's in there is is great. Um, it's just a matter of trying to figure out like what are the Parents are lazy. I mean, people mm -hmm. are lazy to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're not going to just, you know, read through full descriptions about what's in this movie. We just want a simple, plain, you know, PG-13, RPG. So, it'd just be a matter of how do you adapt those uh, simple letterings into a form that makes the most sense. And I think what Keegan brought up with, like, the themes and stuff like that, I think that's also something interesting to bring up, too. Cause I know I, I know a lot of movies are starting to bring up a lot more like like a, a movie I'm thinking of right now is is promising young woman which kind of brings up something that can trigger a lot of a lot of women and that's just rated R but there's no like warning about like you know why why exactly mm -hmm. you know so I think maybe you should bring up like what are the themes being tackled mm -hmm. and that should be its own sort of separate like lettering and rating just in case just to give people a heads up like hey like midsummer you can finish this and people get clapped <laughs> in the most horrific way possible <laughs> yeah so my answer for that um basically everything you guys are saying uh, in terms of content i would also add i, I mentioned this context um mm -hmm. while remaining mm -hmm. impartial and like non-judgmental of it just like saying what the context is like if there's violence who is doing it who are they doing it to what's the undertone and like does it have consequences or like if there's sexual harassment or bigotry is it called out or not yeah like, i think that would be a distinction to make mm -hmm. and like if there's profanity how is it used is it like just casually or like aggressive like that feels like something they could do without like breaking any like impartialness that they're trying to do and like i I, I think Jelani, you were the one who mentioned it. Like all the information should be there, but not put in like the G PG mm -hmm. context. Like not in context of who can or should see it, but like the information is there mm -hmm. if you want it. Would be like my ideal thing. So next question. This one is um, a little different from the other ones, and I I've just been wondering about this. So like, what do you guys think of like sanitized portrayals of things versus like more intense? I'm mostly talking violence here. Mm -hmm. Like, should that affect the rating or should it just be the content itself? Like the example I'm going to use is like how different movies deal with like killing henchmen in an action scene. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, do they do it like John Wick where like we see without a doubt that this henchman is dead or is it like in a Marvel movie where it's just like Captain America punches him in the face and like we the don't guy goes flying off the train, but we never see a body. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So like, how do we, I'm going to give my answer first for this one, but obviously feel free to chime in. My answer is like, I think it's just at least worth examining. I don't really know what I 
personally feel about it like i don't know which one should warrant a higher rating or not but like something that one of the directors in the this film is not yet rated people who were interviewed said something that i've been thinking for a while like when you're like showing an action scene like is it actually better for like kids to see something that's sanitized where like there's not blood or should they see the consequences of it Mm. and i don't really Mm. know where i stand on that i i kind of can see both sides of it where like in some ways maybe it's good to show like okay when you punch a guy in the head he (laughs) could like at least get concussed Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. and then in like marvel movies everyone's like either in an iron man suit or has plot armor or something there's too many cuts you you can't see anybody get hit but with those action scenes it's it's like 250 cuts with one punch it's it's yeah yeah and I, i mean i don't know that john wick is the best comparison so maybe i shouldn't have used that because like that's a very unique style but like i just wonder like is it like the way we rate it now it's like if you see blood if you like see the person die that usually gets a higher rating and maybe it should maybe it shouldn't or like again we're kind of all saying that maybe the rating system shouldn't be the way it is so like maybe it's something else but i just like i'm curious what your all of your thoughts are on that Mm -hmm. so chase why don't we have you go first there uh, so I didn't know that John Wick was rated R until I saw that question, because <laughs> it kind of just flows, I mean, kind of like a regular PG-13 action movie, for me at least. For what's unsettling to me is like, say, like the gore, like if you're, like what, what was unsettling about Midsummer is that they like settled on the gore, you know what I'm saying? Like you saw mm. each and every frame of, of old boy fall down and get clapped and then you saw his head um <laughs> i really want to know what happens to those people in, in that movie i've never seen the movie so. it watch is it. a lot it is a lot i don't know whether or not i would recommend it but it is a lot um meanwhile with john wick it's kind of just like all right like he killed people with a pencil and then you don't see him ever again they <laughs> never settle on it because he's too busy already fighting the next guy you know mm-hmm so for me at least i think it's more so the gore rather than the action Mm -hmm. itself that should be the divider between r and Mm. pg-13 i think in general it is like Mm. i think like pg-13 action in general not always tends to be like bloodless action Mm. there's a couple exceptions but i think at the moment that is the distinction from what i can tell because i can't remember any like gory scenes in john wick though me neither. Did, didn't some lady like slit her I wrist mean, in like a bath or something? Was that too? Uh, yeah, true, true, true. I guess. Yeah, I feel like you're right about that. Yeah. I Again, I don't know if John Wick was like the best example, but like they, they show the henchmen being killed more than in almost any other action movie. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was like why my mind went to it. Mm-hmm. Paige, how about you? I didn't have an answer for this question because I didn't see the movies that you used as the examples, but now that I'm hearing what you guys have to say, I pretty much agree with what you guys are saying. Okay. Uh, Keegan, how about you? Yeah. um, I, I, I think that's interesting that you brought up about how, like, is there a conversation about is sanitized violence actually more harmful because it kind of like removes consequence. And I think like there's a distinction between like gore and blood, like, 
like Midsommar, like that's like that's some gore, but then John Wick is violence, you know. But both are an R. But like with PG thirteen violence, like Marvel movies or whatever, like we're all our brains are already filling in the blanks. Like no matter what, we know mm-hmm. that they're dying, mm-hmm. but we're not like so. So that's fine. But like, there's no connection with the real like consequence. So it just kind of like I feel like it's a bit desensitizing, and it kind of mm-hmm. just makes violence like fun, and it's like. This mm-hmm. is this is like what we do, you know. We can like, you can punch, you can throw a giant shield at people, you can throw people off stuff, and but look away mm-hmm. before they hit the ground is kind of the message. You know, but yep, you know. Yeah. And they kind of address that a little bit in Civil War. They like show all the stuff where it's like, oh, people actually died, but that's like the first yeah. movie where those consequences right. are ever right. Felt and and then and then when they do it, it's like they act as if it's like a massive like. Re- epiphany realization but oh my I feel, god you know, where I did like, this come like, from? like can you believe that there was people that actually <laughs> yeah. suffered from that oh my god like that that should just be built <laughs> into it that way you don't have to be like hey guys remember there was consequences you know mm. it, it yeah. feels like it takes advantage of like it's like like it takes advantage of the fact that it knows we're gonna fill it in so they can then get away with more stuff and then it's, mm-hmm. it's just like a bad cycle Jelani. All right. Uh, I'm glad you yeah. saved me for last because I want to talk about this. It should not affect the rating. I think what you're, uh, the guy from that movie you keep mentioning, uh, I, I, I would love to see the consequences because a lot of the Marvel movies, for example, are also marketed towards kids and adults. Like they're mm. doing the, the two sides thing. And, you know, that's fine, but when you cut away from the violence and you're not showing any consequences to Captain America hitting somebody with full force in the face with the fucking shield, you know, kids are going to think they can do the same thing in real life. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I just hit my friend in the face with this, with this, with the bottom of this trash can and, <laughs> and he's going to be fine too. Like, no, no, we need to, they, they need to see that violence has consequences. And then, you know, the parent, it's the parent's job from that point on to guide the kid to see, to, to, to show them, you know, like, all right, this is a bit too much. Like, you don't mm. do this in real life. This is just a movie. All this, all this sort of things, and you know, that way you also get realism in Marvel movies because Captain America kills people. But Timmy mm-hmm. from down the block, who's fucking nine years old, thinks you know he he doesn't know that. So you just walk up to him and be like, Timmy, you know Captain America's a soldier, and that means he's killed people, right? And then he looks <laughs> at you confused. So no, it should not affect the rating. You're you're saying like portrayal shouldn't affect the rating, just what is happening should. Yeah, mm. I, I also agree with Chase's point about gore and and settling on on the stuff. Like the way it's shown should be. I I, I think it should be more like John Wick. Like you know the person is dying. Don't don't cut away from that shit. We we know what's happening. Like don't 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 cower out on us. Um, but was for something like what's being described in Midsummer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's no, don't don't show that to shit to your kids. <laughs> Just like thinking about it, I like you guys are talking about in terms of like violence, but if I were to think about like if we were we were talking about like a rape, if they mm-hmm. sort of implied that there was like a rape that happened, mm-hmm. I think that would be different than like if they showed a rape scene, and I think that the ratings would have to be different. Well, yeah, that's that's in that yeah, circumstance. that's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of already gave my answer, but to um, add on to your point, Jelani, like, 
I I see it less in terms of like Captain America punching people in the head, although like in yeah, people survive getting punched in the face a lot better in movies than they probably do in real life. <laughs> um I don't know if that's like the MPAA's territory, but like yeah, realism is often suspended. I think a better example for what I was talking about than John Wick versus Marvel movies is maybe Fast and Furious versus like Baby Driver. Mm. Um, because like I was saying with Baby Driver before, I really like that in that movie, like the violence has consequences and like the protagonist in that is like kind of a pacifist. But like the couple times that like he actually does fight people, like he, there are consequences. You see a little bit of blood and like they actually die when he like hits them with the car or whatever he does like contrast that with the scene i always think of in fast and furious is fast five when they're dragging the big safe through rio and it's like smashing into buildings and stuff and like that turned me off so much because i was like oh man they're cutting away from like you know how many pedestrians should have died mm. in that scene? Like the like the amount of injuries from that should be insane. But all we see is like I think there's like corrupt policemen chasing them, and all we see is like their cars. So you don't want to talk this... about Man of Steel? Oh man! <laughs> I think Man of I haven't seen Man of Steel in a while, so I don't remember. But yeah, I, yeah, Man of Steel is something that I hear in that conversation sometimes. That like it was a contrast. Right, I mean, Jelani, you can probably speak better to this than I can, but, like, people were kind of upset, I think, that, like, entire city blocks are crushed. Mm, yep. With with Fast Five, I I just didn't like that the protagonists were getting off scot-free mm. for this. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was like, like, the movie was kind of saying, oh, they aren't actually hurting everyone. I was like, no, they totally <laughs> would. You just don't want to show that because you want them to be good guys. Yeah. You look badass. And, it's cool. Right. That's fine. You get away with it. The yeah. cops don't care. <laughs> yeah the the matrix is another thing um that kind of that that's an older example but that that was a conversation too like um ed norton actually when fight club came out um because those were both released the same year he said something in an interview about that he's like people were upset the way that we portrayed violence in fight club when like fight club is very much a commentary on violence itself so like and, but people were upset about it and he was like okay but like months before the matrix came out and that's basically like violence as ballet so like where do you draw the line i'm paraphrasing what he said but like that was kind of his argument Mm -hmm. that like at least we're dealing with it like it is in real life Mm -hmm. whereas the matrix it's just fun and i I don't want to like pass too much judgment on that like i enjoy action movies without consequences a lot but i think it is something to take into account Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm both as a creator and like from a ratings perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so last question in this section, do you feel like the rating system has changed? Like does a PG, PG 13 R do they mean now what they meant maybe five, 10 or 15 years ago? Uh, Paige, why don't we start with you on that? So I really feel like PG movies, especially in like the eighties, late eighties, early nineties were more risky than they are now. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Home Alone and Big and Uncle Buck and, like, those type of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember seeing Big as a kid, and I know they said fuck in it. <laughs> so, like, that, and that was in, like, 1988, I think. So, like, PG-13 did exist at that time, but that movie was rated PG. So, I think 
definitely PG movies, I think, were riskier. Now they're more mild. I think PG-13 has stayed pretty much the same to me, I think. And I feel like R maybe has gotten like a little riskier, but I feel like it's also stayed pretty pretty much the same. Okay. Uh, Keegan, how about you? Yeah, I think I agree with R probably being a little bit like riskier now just because it's trying to encompass so much more because nobody wants like you can't get an nc-17 so like an r rating is pretty pretty big like there's a lot in there um i think pg-13 like continuing what we were talking about with like the violence i and being well speaking how pg-13 is pretty much like the largest market i think that that's changed a bit and it used to be more just like specifically kind of very directed at teens but now it seems like pg-13 is they're trying to encompass everybody like everybody could like it yeah so i think those have changed it sounds like pg-13 should be g general yeah yeah or at least like the way it's marketed yeah the way it's marketed it's marketed as like a pg Mm -hmm. i guess and then pg is now Mm -hmm. what g used to be pretty much is how it kind of feels like and then r is everything else that's like an actual like movie trying to do stuff and that they were able to cut down to not get nc-17 i feel like nc-17 almost doesn't exist anymore. yeah i think i've seen like this film is not yet rated because it shows so much from nc-17 movies like is nc-17 itself and i think that's only the second one that i've ever seen the first would have been the dreamers which i only saw because carla wanted to do it on the show a while back like there there's so few of them that it's almost not even like uh it's not even a thing yeah, anymore yeah. to me but like if you look at it on the way it's described if you had no context like real world context nc17 is just like it just means you should be an adult right like mm-hmm. essentially like and there's a lot of movies that you should probably be an adult to watch but like it's it's such a weird system that it doesn't actually even use like that because it's developed such a bad reputation as like unsellable mm-hmm. uh so i blame disney for hmm. the weirdness of pg-13 because i do remember mm-hmm. as a kid if it wasn't a superhero movie and it was pg-13 i was not supposed to see it meanwhile like my niece you know will throw on any and every pg-13 movie that comes out around this year and it's it's just cool <laughs> no questions about it so yeah, I do think the marketing of a PG-13 movie has changed quite a bit, and I full-heartedly blame Disney and Marvel for it. <laughs> Very fair. Um, it's, it's weird, but I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that, to some degree, it's a good thing that you know movies are starting to push some limits that they can in terms of their rating and still be marketable. We'll talk about Soul later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we just watched that last night. Yeah. Great. Soul's Great movie. Yeah. Soul. But it is one of those movies where you're like, oh, should a kid see it? You know? Mm-hmm. But it's not like it says anything like there's no vulgar language. There's no, like, violence or anything. It's just that the theme itself is just very deep and, you know, not even some adults are ready for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the heaviest thing I think I've seen in the last year. Um, yeah, it's a kid's movie. Jelani, what about you? I said the thing about Lion King and Frozen, so it's definitely changed. And with both of those being under Disney, I'm going to agree with Chase. 
it's Disney's fault. I think years ago you could get a lot get away with a lot more with PG movies like uh Paige said I did I've never seen Big but I did not know they said fuck in that movie but I probably wouldn't give a shit if I was watching that and you know movies like Frozen require parental guidance why <laughs> I I don't know why yeah so my my answer is pretty close to what Chase said um I didn't actually say I blame Disney but Loki <laughs> yes like I I mostly see it and like I agree with what you said page about like some of the older pg movies Mm -hmm. um like uh, even even after pg-13 came out they were kind of trying to figure out like where's the line between pg and pg-13 what i've seen more of is like i think pg-13 has become more kids content i forget which one of you said that but yeah like in terms of especially like the disney brand of pg-13 movies like even as far back as like pirates mm. um it's kind of like mm. on the lighter side but because like pirates star wars marvel all under disney are so successful those are kind of on the lighter side of pg-13 and i think they've kind of lightened that rating as a whole mm. like pg-13 movies used to be sort of adult movies in some cases like even if they didn't have r-rated content like so, something like the social network is pg-13 mm. But it's really not a kid's movie. And, like, same with, like, a lot of Chris Nolan's movies. Like, they're PG-13, but they're really not kid's movies at all. Like, he is making movies for adults. I love that. I wish there were more of those. Mm -hmm. Like, most of my favorite movies are kind of in that, like, high PG-13, or at least, like, adult geared. Yeah, Inception. Scott Pilgrim. V for Vendetta's R, but it's, like, lighter R. Or, like, yeah, Nolan. Couple of Finchers. Like, that's what... I am like most personally annoyed with is like the way that we have now made PG-13 mean kids movie. That is disappointing to me. Uh, So next couple questions are going to be like ratings as they relate to the viewing experience. So first question is kind of broad. What are some ways you feel like ratings affect your viewing experience? Uh, Chase, why don't we start with you? I'd just say expectations. Um, when I'm, when I'm watching a PG movie, I'm kind of expecting a Pixar, Disney-type beat movie where it's just, you know, there's going to be some fart jokes here and there, and it's going to be very light and funny and just chill. Um, PG-13, I'm expecting, if it's, a, if it's a Marvel movie, you know, I'm expecting some action, some fun, a good fun time. Uh, but depending on the director, um, you know, maybe it's slightly darker, but not pushing the boundaries too hard and then with r i'm expecting to hear the uh the f word every other sentence (laughs) um and a lot more like mature content and if it is like an action movie i'm expecting to see you know a lot of blood maybe some gore here and there and of course you know the infamous sex scene um (laughs) or two (laughs) just it's just expectations it doesn't really like affect how i view it it's just what I think about coming into it is probably going to see, you know. Okay. Concur with that. Uh, Keegan. Yeah. I mean, beyond like when I was like younger and I was being prevented from seeing movies because of this, like beyond that, it doesn't really change it besides expectations and kind of like just thinking like, all right, I have like in my mind, like we said earlier, there's like a very specific type of parent. And like, I just, I just picture that parent telling me 
about this movie when I look at the writing and like that's how I interpret it I don't like really attribute it like like it has anything to do with the people who made the movie or anything like that so it, it, it's pretty minimal to my experience with a movie okay Paige yeah I agree with everyone I think it just helps it helps me decide on a movie like if I want a specific vibe like whatever I'm in the mood for I feel like maybe the rating would affect what I'm going to pick like I wouldn't pick a PG movie normally to watch or like if I'm hanging out with my friends like what kind of movie are we looking for like are we looking for like a rated R horror movie or are we looking for like a light-hearted like PG-13 rom-com like I feel like it helps in that sense mm. yeah uh, Jelani so I don't think I'm just not realizing I don't think I knew what ratings were when I was a kid until I started like looking at the covers of movies and looking on the back and then I started to realize like first of all I didn't know Shrek the first Shrek was like isn't it PG-13 is it no I think they're all PG I'm pretty sure all of them are okay there was some movie that was like marketed towards kids that I believe was PG-13 just the first one I might just be thinking of the first Fantastic Four because they made the sequel mm. PG. I wasn't really, like, paying attention. Uh, n- nowadays, I don't really give a shit. Like, if I see, like, a bubbly, colorful-ass movie poster with, like, animated characters on, I'm just going to assume the movie is PG. But, um... Oh, yeah, back then, if... My, my parents would, like, know what I was watching. So, like, if they told me I couldn't watch it, I would just assume it was it was rated r but whatever like i don't know what i'm trying to say but they were they were um i was like monitored so like it it didn't matter like to me what the rating was and and nowadays it it i'm old enough to see all the movies so (laughs) so it it doesn't it doesn't matter you don't need an adult no more no i don't i I don't need to show my idea that they see my chin fuzz bro they're like oh okay he's he's at least 17. But seeing, like, inside the movie, I think I said before, seeing, like, a uh, censored violence in a PG-13 movie that should have been rated R. But, like, the people in charge of the movie wanted to make it more marketable. We, we kind of talked about this already. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, you can kind of feel them toning it down yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Like, I, I feel like it does change my experience maybe a bit more than what some of you were saying. But mainly the thing that like i feel like i'm tracking it in anything that isn't r i'm like okay how far are they gonna go like Mm. in terms of like suspense Mm -hmm. i'm like how bad can it get and i'm always i always have the rating in the back of my head Mm. i'm like okay it's pg-13 so nothing that bad can happen or sometimes it will go there and i'm like oh damn pg-13 movie and they went that far like and it, it usually like it's it, it doesn't happen a lot anymore. I feel like Split was one where I was like, I it kind of like felt like it was pushing boundaries a little bit for PG-13. But that's one of the only ones. Um, this is kind of something that I mostly noticed with it. Like when I started watching stuff that was rated R, it did kind of click to me. I was like, now there's like suspense because even if this scene doesn't like go there, I know that it can. Yeah. And that was kind of a different thing. Whereas like in a PG-13 movie, you kind of have that like safety belt. When the Mandalorian first came out, I remember seeing memes that were like, thank God the Mandalorian is Disney plus and not HBO max. Cause you know, baby Yoda would go in like a freaking wood chipper or something <laughs> if it was HBO max. Jesus so everyone's Christ. like, I don't have to be stressed about that. Mm. 
Oh, I I didn't realize The Mandalorian was PG. I, I just finished season one, like, what's today, Saturday? Just yesterday. And I, I didn't realize it was PG until, like, we went back to the menu. I was like, oh, shit. Wait, nobody cursed. Mm-hmm. And they ain't show no blood. I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Now, that is true. Because it is, if it is a PG-13, you're not expecting anybody to really drop dead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're never mm-hmm. expecting, like, for, for the world to end in this movie. <laughs> the way you mm-hmm. would in a rated R movie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that, but that's 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 a good point. That That's kind of why I like watching stuff that's rated R. Not necessarily because of, like, like because there is more mature content. Just because, like... I know there's stakes mm. in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the only other question with this section is, um, how do you think ratings should deal with spoilers? Just in general. Chase, why don't we start with you? So what do you mean by that question? Uh, I guess just like generally, like, because I guess like if there's something like kind of shocking later, mm. like if, if like that's kind of the climax is like a main character death, and like that is something they maybe put in the descriptor. Like, how should that be dealt with? I know it's a little, it's a little bit vague, but like I think that's something that occasionally comes up. That's hard because I mean it really just depends on like what it is, and like you know how graphic or how triggering it could be. You know, because like on one end you do want there to be some surprise. But I, I guess at most I would just be like warning there is violence. And if there's anything super specifically graphic, I guess it depends on like what it is. You know, I would kind of agree with that, I guess. Like I, personally, I would say it's more important to like have it in the descriptor, whatever mm. spoiler potential there is. Like, I think you still got to put that in the descriptor or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't come up a lot, but if it's like a scene of violence or something and it's like an otherwise like it's like the only violent scene in the movie that can sometimes be a spoiler mm. whereas like a drama for most of it but then in the climax someone pulls a gun and it's a big deal yeah like it's kind of a rare situation that it comes up yeah where the rating could be a spoiler i think also it could add to the suspense though too on the other end because it's like all right when is it going to happen like you know mm. Because I do remember that actually happening to me. Because I, for, I think it was, I think it was scare me, and they had in their description like, a warning there will be violence in the movie, even though there's like it's literally just a movie about people telling stories to each other. Um, so the whole time I was just thinking like, all right, when is it gonna go south? <laughs> mm, Can yeah. you imagine like the trailer for Frozen Three had a warning for gore? And be like, what the <laughs> fuck? What? When? <laughs> that'd be a hard left turn yeah yeah like with parasite too that also was another one that kind of got spoiled for me in that sense where like i was expecting all right when is it gonna ramp up into the violence yeah i think it works both ways i kind of had that with once upon a time in hollywood not Mm. necessarily because of the rating but like because it was tarantino Mm. and like Mm. spoilers for that movie like it doesn't really feel like a tarantino movie for most of it like like there's not like excessive violence and language like there is in most of his stuff so i was like when is it going to become a tarantino movie that kind of happens with other directors i guess too but like with him he's always 
very much like he loves going like as far as he can yeah. he relishes <laughs> in his r ratings keegan how about you i th- i think like obviously ratings since it's it's not trying to tell the story it should be avoiding spoilers at all costs but like it does bring an interesting like conflict because if you if you're looking for content warning and let's say you're like for something that could be like triggering to somebody and you say that there's like a graphic like rape scene in a movie people are going to be waiting for that and if it has to do with the main character or something like that whole thing is kind of like now people already have that in their head and the story can't do its job to like tell Mm -hmm. people the story so i guess like it would just have to try really hard but like i i bet that same thing they still have to mention it you know to like to so people can have that warning so i guess just try to stay really general and only mention what you feel like you have to mention without connecting it to anything i guess i don't know that is it is a it is a hard question to deal with because they they don't really care too much about spoiling or the story they're just like they look straight for content so they don't really consider context Mm -hmm. like you were saying earlier about that yeah uh page i think just like keeping explanations general i think would help deal with spoilers like i think just saying like that there's violence or that there's sexual content and not giving this is like the opposite of what you're saying evan but like not giving any context to it okay uh jelani i didn't really have an answer for this because i didn't i wasn't aware this was an issue but now that we've given it some light um my mind shot to trailers Mm. for some reason (laughs) And surprise, surprise! I'm gonna I'm gonna use another here uh, superhero movie example. So the trailer for Civil War revealed Spider-Man was in the movie, which is something almost uh, I don't think anybody was expecting. I thought, why would they reveal he was in the movie? Can you imagine, like through word of mouth, how much more money they would have made if people went around and be like, "Yo, I heard Spider-Man is in this movie. Yo, you want to go see that instead of going to see this other bullshit movie?" And that could do with marketing like towards kids like oh my god mom i saw the civil war trailer spider-man's in this movie like i i wouldn't know like how to deal with that or or the best way to fix that because i i I don't even know if that should have been revealed Uh, that's just where my mind went with this question yeah it's a damned if you do damned if you don't really right yeah i think that that is a good way to put it chase i think in terms of like marketing stuff to kids that is kind of a concern not not necessarily in terms mm-hmm. of spoilers i guess i mean maybe though like i guess honestly i hadn't really expected to bring this up again but like the first one the first pg-13 movie i saw the fourth harry potter movie like i think basically the justification for that is that, that movie ends with the death mm. of a main character cedric diggory spoilers that was a thing and like i of course knew because i'd read the book beforehand and a lot of people had but like the three Harry Potter movies before that were PG thirteen or were PG, and even I think one more after it was. But that one was like the first time. Like that's a major tone shift in that series when that character dies, because nothing like that has happened up to that point, and it doesn't. It happens at the very end. That would be kind of a thing where like as a parent, if you were like, oh, should I let my kid see this? And then say you're a parent who's also a fan of the movies. You'd be like, oh, I just got this spoiled for me. Like, that's sort of a situation where I guess it could happen. But yeah, like my, I, I kind of gave my basic answer to this. Like, I think they should emphasize the content above all 
try to avoid spoilers if they can mm. so now we're going to get into like how it deals with marketing and creators first question where have you encountered creative restrictions or censorship as a creator or otherwise jelani why don't we start with you uh twitch and youtube <laughs> it used to depend on what i was streaming like whether i was writing or playing video games but i used to censor myself and there was a time where i was like switching off and on and I st i'm still kind of doing that because like my parents or, or my dad might like tune in sometimes one one night and be like ah, i couldn't listen to you swear and i'm like dad i got most of my swearing from you why does it matter <laughs> but okay and you know they uh like my family would like direct their like cousins and like younger kids of the family to my stream and i'd be like D why don't don't do that because then i'd have to start censoring myself because mm -hmm. i know kids are watching or or just any member of my family in general like my grandmother I, i'd censor myself i knew she was watching like but in reality uh i swear a lot so there was uh and then there was that time on youtube it didn't affect me per se but the youtube went around uh went about it like just recently ended went about uh demonetizing any content creator that was like swearing on any videos so they had to start bleeping their shit and i was like yo this is what is this this isn't tv this is ridiculous uh, or or censoring like horror theme channels or any any channel that was like directed with like violent stuff like mortal kombat focus channels where that the game is extremely graphic they had to start putting filters colored filters on their videos to get rid of the red blood because youtube's bots are fucking stupid <laughs> so it became kid friendly for a while which is bs because parents should be monitoring what their kids are watching anyway don't make me suffer because of it but um <laughs> yeah okay keegan uh yeah i would say that I noticed in pretty much any kind of school uh, like shorts that we were making or anything I've worked on like outside of that anybody's projects I've helped out on like little short films everyone kind of is always thinking about that like like oh can we put this or is this gonna be is art is this short film or piece of art gonna be dismissed as just like graphic or obscene just because we're like being kind of realistic or truthful to certain situations and like it feels pretty pretty limiting especially when like you look over and you look at a lot of european countries and a, a lot of just their general like around the world not just europe like the rest of the world's perspective on film and what you can and can't put in like there's a big difference and it's just kind of like it's it's hard to try over here when it seems like the restrictions are a lot less everywhere else and everything's just better accepted and more developed. Yeah, so I've, I've found that it's it's difficult to get exhibition and dis distribution and stuff like that without bending completely to MPAA and just general kind of societal norms. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chase? Uh, so as a writer myself, I do find sometimes I feel the need to restrict myself or censor myself in some ways. Especially with like, cause I'm into fantasy, so I wanna, I I tend to do fight scenes with magical abilities that you know made like melt a person alive or something like that. So I have to constantly go back and forth within like the novel that I'm currently working on, and say like, all right, like is is this too much? Do I want to go for young adult audience or do I want to go for an adult audience? You know, 
Is this too much for a young adult audience? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe too much, you know? You know, there is that constant back and forth with, with me at least, like uh, just trying to figure out, all right, how far can I go with the violence? Uh, how far can I go with, to say like the swearing? If I do want to target it for a young adult audience, do I want to keep it that way, you know? Uh, Paige? So like I said, I've, I'm not like a filmmaker or anything, but I am a writer. So I used to be the editor-in-chief of my newspaper. This is like a while back, but when I was in high school. And this is the only like big example I could think of of like censorship. So our school principal was trying to prevent us from publishing an article about sexual assault at our high school. Like it was an article about how sexual assault happened at our high school. Not like any specifics, just like the fact that it does happen. Mm -hmm. And so our principal was like really upset by this and she ended up like threatening our advisor, like threatening to fire our advisor. So it turned into a whole thing. But anyways, we still published the article because like our newspaper is a technically a public forum. So like the principal doesn't have any like prior review of what we publish. So that was like the closest call that we that I've had to like being censored in my writing and in like publishing in that sense. It's an interesting example. I'm I'm glad you said that because that is like very different, I yeah. think, from the way the rest of us because I think the rest of us are creators of some kind. Mm -hmm. So that's very different from like the kind of censorship we might deal with. My biggest example is not the only one, but earlier this year. And this was actually part of what inspired me to to talk about the MPA at all. I was taking this class called Story Medicine. So we like wrote plays for kids who were in the hospital. And I was given like some very different restrictions than I've ever seen there. Like I couldn't use the word like crazy and I couldn't use the word survive. I think there were probably others <laughs> that would have gotten I might have gotten hit for, but those were like the two that I remember being called out. And I was like, wow, I, I just never, it never occurred to me not to use the word survive. Like, because some of them might be like maybe terminally ill or, or potentially terminally ill. So that like, that would be kind of like a, a trigger spot for them. Mm -hmm. And like, I couldn't put characters in like stressful situations. It, it was very difficult. Like I didn't turn out anything very good in that class in my own opinion. But I just found that so interesting because like, those could have been potentially very triggering things and it made me realize how little the mpaa deals with stuff that might be triggering to an audience mm -hmm. and that was like a kind of an eye-opening experience for me so this next question we kind of have gotten into a little bit i think how do you deal with like any kind of rating system or content restrictions when creating chase why don't we start with you so i try to say fuck it for the first draft uh <laughs> <laughs> You know, for the second and third drafts, I try to see, all right, for this story, which audience is probably the best target for it? Then I try to figure it out from there. As long as it's not like sacrificing what the story is, then I continue to cut what needs to be cut. But, you know, if it does start to sacrifice the story, then, you know, I just go for the more mature rating. Mm -hmm. When you're doing that, like, is that novels? Is that screenplays? What what kind of content is it? Well, right now, um, I'm working on a novel. But say, like, because I do plan on getting more into Twitch and YouTube, there's there's no help in censoring me. 
I'm going to be cussing as you've, as you've heard throughout this entire podcast, <laughs> but yeah, novels, I'm going to try to target more of a young adult audience probably because that's more marketable and it still works. Yeah. All right. Uh, Keegan, I would agree that like I, for in specifically when it comes to writing screenplays and stuff like that, like I, you think you're thinking about it a lot the whole time but I try to not do that in the beginning but I also just think about like not so much like the MPA but also just like kind of what is the general societal opinion of certain things Mm. and like Mm -hmm. I always think about like is this going to be taken in the context that like I view it in or is it going to be seen in some other way you know and and then I try to see like is there better ways that I can kind of not like bend to societal norms but work within them so that way like my message is more effective and it's not just like dismissed as like obscene or something Mm. so i I would say like it it affects me the most in the writing process because normally by the time we're shooting like we already know you know like the tone and stuff Mm. so yeah unless it would be like an improv thing because i've worked on improv things where like they've just they've had to just say forget it it'll have to be an r because they couldn't like control it was comedy so they can't control like people dropping like f-bombs and stuff as they're just riffing you know yeah i didn't really think of it from that way but i absolutely agree with you that like not even necessarily in terms of ratings like just public perception yeah like what is the undertone to what yeah. you're because because that's again i've mentioned this multiple times already like the mpa doesn't cover that at all but i feel like in in today's context like yeah exactly. that really is the more important thing to worry about is like is this going to be taken a certain mm-hmm. way or like is this going to like offend certain people uh page so yeah so i don't make like movies or like i'm not like a filmmaker as i said before but I guess, like, my podcast would be considered, like, content that I create, and I don't, like, I don't feel that I am censored in any way in that, because, like, the only, like, censoring I would do is either, like, make the episode explicit or make it not explicit, and, like, that's kind of, like, the only rating that it really has, so I don't really feel censored in that sense, because, like, there's not, like, a whole rating system developed for podcasts, and, like, the journalistic writing that I do, there's no, like, ratings for that. So I don't really feel like I have to deal with content restriction, usually. Yeah, for for podcasts, definitely, it's like, I mean, at least from the way we do it with this, it's like, it's basically, you hit a button that's explicit, not explicit. And I don't even think, like, I think, technically, I could put this episode out as not explicit and like anchor might not do a thing about it yeah they wouldn't do anything about it yeah i don't i don't know for sure i don't know how they operate but they have never said any like i've never been emailed or anything like when i don't put an explicit on something and i typically do when i feel it's appropriate but it's 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 up to me like i'm not following any guidelines when i start swearing a lot (laughs) yeah And, like, I feel like you're good at, you're good about, like, doing trigger warnings and stuff, Evan, which I guess that's, like, you putting out, like, a warning. Like, that's, but that's you doing it. No one's making you do that. Right, yeah. And, I mean, I a couple of your episodes, you've done that, too. I, I feel like you're always, mm-hmm. like, upfront 
with like there is something that could be triggering and you usually will say what it is um, yeah. But again, like you could have that in there and, and like I've listened to other episodes of other podcasts where it's like they may not put the E on there, but they'll still say this is potentially triggering. So it's like completely mm-hmm. separate mm-hmm. and the anchor doesn't do anything with that um, yeah. or any podcast distri- distribution as far as I can tell. Jelani, how about you? So starting with this podcast, I- I've tried to censor myself a lot more from before because, you know, sponsors and all that you know trying to keep it clean somewhat yeah and then i also was like listening back to how much i was trying i was like okay i i I might need to tone this down a bit but it also depends on the topic for of the podcast like for this i I wasn't obviously not fucking censoring myself (laughs) because this is an episode about censorship so that's for that but um for writing like i don't gain enough monetarily through creating so it doesn't really affect me like that Maybe through, like, finding a literary agent for my novel series, that might. But um, I, I pretty much write what I want. For example, the, the Descended series. That's why, uh, for those that want to have my stories told to their kids, but think, like, the swearing and it gets really violent in book three. But um, just the violence overall, like, but they, they still want to tell, like, a superhero story to the kids. That's why I made a little kid's version of the series. My dad gave me that idea, like, to still tell the story, but just, like, tone it down a bit. The normal version can be marketed towards anyone, though, which is why I pretty much write what I want. Like, I originally thought the reader would have to at least be in high school to read, like, F-bombs and, and graphic violence and, and all this stuff, but I was reading way worse shit in middle school, so... <laughs> I was comparing my book to that, and I was like, no, this, no, this, this, middle school kids can read this, at least. So, no, I, I don't censor myself when it comes to writing, unless it's the kids' series, but ev- everything else, the short stories, everything is whatever I'm feeling. Well, also, in, in the case of novels, like, as far as I know, there's no, like, any kind of rating system. I feel like sometimes there are, like, you hear about, like, banned books, like Catch mm-hmm. on Rye is, like, a banned book in some places or something like that, like some libraries, yeah. I guess. You, you know, you don't have an F-word limit like you would mm. in a movie for a book. Like, yeah, no, nobody's gonna know nope. before they read it's, it. It's pretty much kind of like how, uh, I think it was either you, Evan, or Keegan that were saying, like, what the rating should be is kind of just what the target audience is. And that's kind of just how novels are handled. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like the kids mm-hmm. section of Barnes and Noble, and then there's everything else. Yeah. Right. So for for my answer for this, um, I deal mostly with screenplays. So of course I am subject to the MPA if they ever got made. Knock on wood. Um, or not knock on wood. That's the wrong. Fingers crossed. That's what I meant. Um. Uh, <laughs> But I, the, the thing I... Get your superstitions right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Apologies. The thing I feel the most when I'm writing is definitely the F word thing. Because yeah, most of yeah. the stuff that I write is... Like, I'm not opposed to writing stuff that's rated R. I just have never found myself coming up with a story that I feel like wants to be like an adult movie. So it ten, I tend to like try for the PG-13 genre and it, like i find the one f word thing so frustrating and, and not because i want to have like a ton of them but like <laughs> the thing i'm writing right now probably like i'm trying to get it to be pg-13 and i, I just want like five would be nice <laughs> like and but you know 
within the restrictions I have, I always try to make sure, and we've alluded to this a little bit, like, I get one, so I really try to make it count every time. I'm like, I try to make it like a moment that I want to draw a little more attention to, maybe, um, mm-hmm. and make it called for. Like, sometimes I'll see a PG-13 movie, and they, like, use their one effort, and I'm like, really? Have, like, I'm not thinking of any examples. It. Yeah, have it, yeah, have an extra <laughs> say it. Sometimes that can be funny, but... Well, that was um, fucking crazy. Yeah. I would like more F-words than two. I feel like their sexual connotation with it, I I feel like that's easy enough to abide by. I just want, like, my characters to sound a little more like real people. Like, you know, people in their 20s mm, don't... Every yep. other word yep. is the F-word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, like, I want it yep. to be, like... I, and, like, I don't want to go all out with it but it does feel like i don't want to waste it on just like a casual f word thrown in right. but that also feels real to who they are so i find right. myself switching i'm like in this case they'd probably they'd probably say it but i'm like i kind of got to work around that and get the same thing across with something else i like flipping flipping is fun sometimes I I like what you uh, mentioned about like the real conversation thing. I I think I mm-hmm. sl- might have slightly mentioned it before, but like most people that these movies are marketed towards probably swear more than the characters in the goddamn movies. Like yes, mm-hmm. unless the character is specifically like I know there are people out there, religious, super religious people, or just people that just don't want to swear in general. There are people like that, but it seems like most of us, even on here swear like it i I don't know man it yeah yeah it's the the frustrating thing for me is like that's their one really hard and fast rule and it's just it's so strict like i get it like i don't think under like the current rating system like i i don't think you know wolf of wall street level language i don't think that's pg-13 no um that's that's (laughs) that's an excessive example but like you know I, I feel like 10 F-words in a PG-13 movie, I, f- I feel like that should be relatively allowed it, because it just creates, like, there are no movies, I think, that use three F-words because, like, if you're a PG-13, right. you're not allowed to. And if you're an R, you might as it's well like, go all out. you might as, yeah, you might as well just go crazy with it. So it creates mm-hmm. this, like, polarization where it's like, you're allowed to, like, swear realistically or you're not. Mm-hmm. And I I think it would be nice to have a little bit more of a spectrum with that. And mm-hmm. that that feels like a restriction that's there. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, you, you didn't cross that line in the script, but, like, the best cut of a certain scene was when the, the actor improvised uh, a second buck. <laughs> you were already at your and limit. Then you gotta, no, it's yeah, an and movie. then you gotta, like... Then you gotta cut that. Uh, yeah, the the thing that that's interrupt. that's making me think of I think that the season finale of Community, that's a TV fourteen show. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. two improv uh, f words in that. Like Jim Rash is like, oh, that isn't the shape of your brain a little fucked. I'm like, well, hold up, allowed <laughs> to say that on yeah, network yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, that surprised um, me. And I, I I don't know how they got away with that. Um, I guess because it was the last episode, and they were like, let's just go for it. But, mm-hmm. Weren't they, weren't by then they were on Yahoo or something? Yeah. Was that, would that have but I don't even rules? know. Like, that's, I've never heard of anything else on Yahoo, so I have no idea what was going on <laughs> there. Yeah, me neither. <laughs>
to your point though chase like yeah that is that is kind of uh an interesting thing of like if the actor improvs and everyone's like ah man but we gotta cut it but it's so good like (laughs) that that's i I hadn't thought of it like that so does the rating system inhibit creators and like do you feel like the rating system is influencing what kind of themes topics or issues that movies deal with and like if you want like elaborate on that jelani why don't we start with you soul yeah let's talk about soul everybody (laughs) this is what i was saving it for just feel free to jump in whenever but um i don't i don't think it's influencing the topics too much like i said most recently pixar soul did a great job at just you know casually giving people the fucking meaning of life but through a kid's movie (laughs) they got around the system by like not showing anything gory there was no swearing and it was you know, it looked cutesy and like a normal kids film to begin with, you know, Pixar shit. But, you know, Pixar is also, like, known for making kids films that challenge the mind with, with their themes. Like, besides stuff like Incredibles and whatever. Like Toy Story 3, for example, with the whole mm-hmm. growing up, going to college, you know, becoming an adult type thing. Um, What else? Inside Out. Actually, I didn't see all of Inside Out. I watched that when I was... Oh, you... You must. We've already was, done an episode, ooh. but I, oh, we might I was, have to do another. I saw, I saw, it. especially yeah, if you like. I, I saw part of Inside. I was supposed. To, I was. It was like fucking three a.m. and I was doing like an animated, three D model room project that looked terrible, but I had to do it because it was due the next excuses. Day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but what other people got? Soul. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll answer this one, and also that way I can just compliment Soul because yeah, it's like my favorite movie that I think Pixar's made in like the last long, long time. Um, Goddamn right. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I would say like like that's a great example of a creator getting around it, but mm-hmm. um, I do think like there is some inhibition, like being like like if a movie wanted to explore like sexual themes of like coming of age or something or like personal fulfillment they're mm. the the ice that they're treading on becomes a lot more thin than if someone wants to like explore a hitman or something who's like going around the world and killing people and then they can like kind of get around it and i also looked into it and i know that there's like there's been a proven bias that like anything that's like non heterosexual gets rated as more graphic than like mm-hmm. anything that's standard and like that plays back into like the whole protestant like mm-hmm. kind of foundation of this thing so i think in that sense like it's kind of it's definitely inhibiting creators a bit because it's it's asking you to cater to a very specific point of view when like that kind of defeats the purpose of like what movies can do of sharing perspectives and all that so i think like that would be a helpful thing to move away from but because not every creator can like kind of do it like pixar by Mm. getting around it and certain subject matters you can't if you Mm want to cover it and it's it's some there seems like there's some good good stories that are being left on like the cutting floor because they it just won't really mesh with the mpaa Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm that's that's what i have on yeah the 
like the homosexual relationship thing they have very the nba has very much been taken to task on that in the past like the the documentary that i've been referencing they really harp on that and i think there were like there was like an faq thing at the end of one of the documents that i put in and one of them was like does the mpaa like are they more strict on like homosexual sex sex scenes and their answer was mm-hmm. basically no, but their track record, in some people's eyes, their track record says otherwise. So, Ooh. right, right. And I also noticed you also put like, um, like, like along that same lines, like female sexual pleasure is viewed more graphic than like right. a man receiving sexual pleasure mm-hmm. and stuff like this. Like, there's so many weird things where they'll, they'll say on record that none of that plays into it and that they look at context and all this but like then you actually look at the real track record and it's like it doesn't seem that consistent for another example that is like male butts and like cartoons mm-hmm. and like kid shows and stuff like that those are completely fine but then you know the the female butts are are not equal in that yeah, yeah it brings it to yeah. a pg-13 sometimes mm-hmm. yeah and that's like america's weird uh, relationship with like anything sexual yeah yeah because i think other countries do have like I, I mean we haven't really talked about it but like the mpaa's standards are very much they don't necessarily carry over at all to other countries like, yeah you no, see vastly no. different ratings not in terms of anything like you see vastly different ratings for other countries to what the u.s does uh who still hasn't gone with this Paige? you haven't gone yeah yeah i just think that the rating system definitely restricts the art that you can make because like some things people just view as not worth making if they're not making enough money so they won't get made as i think that many of you guys have said and i don't know if it influences like the kinds of themes that movies deal with but i i definitely agree with like the whole like the patriarchy is influencing a lot of this like we're you guys were talking about how like female pleasure is viewed differently than male pleasure and all of that like that definitely the rating system definitely affects how those types of scenes whether or not they're even made or whether they're shown how they're shown all of that is affected by that okay so my answer for these was like more so like than the rating system it's like how well the movie will travel or like how it's gonna be received in a marketing sense is Mm. kind of like more what people do in terms of theme like what i hear about a lot is how creators will deal with like catering to a chinese market Mm. because china doesn't have a rating system they are like they basically will see and they're like okay we're gonna show this or not like there is no distinction they're just like it's good and we're going to show it in every theater for everyone or we're not going to show it at all. But like I've heard creators having to like they really do try hard to like be appealing to international audiences because that's where a lot of the money comes from. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like kind of comes into it more. And like beyond international audiences, the limitations for audiences on R-rated movies, that I feel is a big thing. Like, and that's something that I I wish wasn't true for the MPAA because, I mean, we've alluded to this already, but like for international listeners, the thing for R-rated movies is if you are under 17 and not with a parent, they won't let you in. Technically, there's ways you can get in. But like 
just don't get tackled. Um, and that's just for that's just for theaters too. Like um, streaming and other stuff tends to be a lot less restrictive with that. But like, it, it's a big deterrent for some studios. Like we've seen some big grossing R-rated movies, but by and large, if you make something R, you're limiting your audience, which isn't true of other ratings for a lot of things. Um, and I, I, I really wish that wasn't the case that you didn't have that binary because that that seems to be the incentive and i know the mpa isn't fully responsible for that it's kind of the studio's reaction but it is a reaction to the mpaa do you think deadpool is a special case to that why because it made so much that and there were still kids in the audience like the theater so (laughs) do you think I, i don't know well well i think deadpool is interesting in the sense that like i think a pg-13 deadpool makes less money which mm-hmm. is like it's a rare case where that might happen like I, I think i remember when when disney bought out fox one of the first things people asked was is deadpool 3 going to be pg-13 i want deadpool to be r mm-hmm. Th- that's sort of a rare case but like i think that can be like a thing that comes into it that like you you even if it's not like the restrictive restricting the audience is like if you like say say the lion king had been pg-13 the the live action one that came out last year Mm. it would have made way less money because people are like oh that's not the lion king i remember Mm. like i want it to be a kid's movie so i feel like a lot of times actual animal violence or something Mm -hmm. that's probably yeah chase did you answer Oh, uh, oh. I, well, I mean, I don't really have too much different really to say. Like, the only different thing I might say is that um, when I think about like foreign films, like I, I haven't seen the movie, so don't cri- don't criticize me for this. But I'm just talking about from the perspective of people that do like it for whatever reason. I uh, remember that Netflix movie Cuties. It's a French film uh, that universally got panned as pseudo pedophilia, but. One of my friends defended it and said that it was a film basically kind of like Boyhood, where she was, you know, discovering herself as a woman or whatever. Still haven't seen it, so I can't defend it, nor am I saying it it is defendable. But I have seen French films where they're like, they they push boundaries, let's just say that. Uh, (laughs) They are very like, just like when, when they look at ratings, they rate things very differently. And then another thing mm-hmm. that that I remembered was uh, Chainsaw Man, which is a manga in Shonen Jump, which is targeted towards like kids or like young young men. Uh, that's not something you would see in America targeted towards young men or uh, young adults. It'd be rated R. I gotta read that. Yeah, because there's a lot of blood in that thing, and and it's basically kind of a similar premise where. It's the kid kind of growing up into a man in this very violent world. So the rest of the world is a lot less strict when it comes to these ratings. America is very restrictive, I guess. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a debatable. It's about culture and, like, what you find morally, you know, be crossing the yeah. line. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I would agree and disagree with you that America is more strict. It, it, it kind of depends on the country. Yeah. From what I know of like France, I, I would say they're probably on the less restrictive side. But I've honestly, this is the weirdest thing, but I've heard some countries, I don't know what, and I don't know what movies, but like, I think something was censored because it 
too prominently featured the color yellow or something. <laughs> it was what? the weirdest thing. Like I B movie. <laughs> uh, yeah they can't watch the b-movie there that's crazy i mean if anything has too much yellow it's probably that I, I don't know what it was but i know there was something like that like there some things get restricted for very strange reasons or like you know stuff that we just wouldn't care about in america the mpa is very big on being like we are not a censorship board like that's one of their biggest claims is like we do not tell people what to put in and what not to. We just rate it. But like... They're a censorship board. <laughs> I, I would agree with you there. I think in a legal sense, they are protected. Like technically they do not censor, but because of the power that they hold, mm -hmm. especially the restricted audiences for stuff that's rated R, that to yeah. me feels like it's not technically censorship. Like mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take them to court on it, but it's acting kind of like censorship. Yep, pseudo censorship. Yeah, it's censorship with like more loopholes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last section of questions: Is there a better system that we could make, and what would it look like? Either should we make a different system, or could the MPAA be modified so that it works a little better? and like accomplishes what it's trying to accomplish better. I think just like the more general terms, the better for the MPA. And I feel like online blogs like IMDB and stuff like that can help parents like gauge whether or not their kids are mature enough to watch something. Like maybe, like I know we were talking about like the, the parental advisory sticker on albums, like even that sort of thing just like okay like this movie has mature content this is there's a parental advisory and then go on google figure out what specifically is going on in that movie and then make a decision based on that yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's the smartest way to go about it or maybe do what like we were talking about with the novel industry where they just target it towards the audience that they're supposed to be targeted towards you know Mm -hmm. but anyone can watch it or buy it yeah i mean i think we're a little bit close to that with streaming like mm. true because mm. what you used to have and especially now like that theaters have been closed for a while what you used to have was you go you walk into a theater it's an r-rated movie they're like all right can i see some id if you don't have id you can't go into it but now it's like i don't know does netflix even ask like are you 17 some some things no. do that and you can just lie mm. so it's not like it's really restricting who can watch it they have kids accounts now though. right like for a lot of the streaming services there's just like under the kids account i think everything will just be targeted towards the kid where it's just like the goofy ass colorful movie posters and all, all that type of shit but mm. if it's a normal account everything is open to you mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i i think like the streaming kind of shows that that maybe we could do something like how we, we were talking about like the parental advisor sticker because like that's kind of it's kind of what you have like right like when the show starts it's right in the top corner and it says tv for this or whatever it'll kind of show the mm -hmm. rating and then like that's it it's done it, it doesn't show it again and i think like if we can just get away from being super super specific on content and like 
relating certain content to being bad like morally by being like oh like if it has this theme that that it's an r and it's like a this is a negative thing and it just kind of skews like biases and like we can maybe reduce those biases down and that way the audience can have a bit more autonomy on what they decide is like a mature or something that their parent their kids shouldn't see not their parent their kids shouldn't see or something like that so i think like a simple way would just be like mature or not mature but the i like the novel i like that like the idea of it it just kind of being like this is made for the perspective of like a young adult and then mm-hmm. like even if it's really graphic like it doesn't matter cuz it's kind of like it's it's still for that perspective mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i say just you can make everything unrated or don't restrict anybody from watching you know certain movies like if you're restricting somebody from doing something isn't that censorship yeah (laughs) don't don't restrict from watching and also don't restrict from like exhibition like like blocking Mm -hmm. theaters from showing movies or whatnot right doing things like that and keep the keep the content thing just general adult language just drug use sexual content etc but like yeah don't yeah i think we i think we solved it guys yeah (laughs) yeah so (laughs) So my my answer to this, like, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. The the thing I thought of to propose is, like, uh, a counter, like, a, a new version of the MPAA is, like, a filter thing you could put on whatever streaming service you're using, where you, like, it has a list of just tons of things that people might find sensitive and, like, going down to, like, really specific stuff, like... If you uh, don't okay. want to see like beheading, you put that as a mm-hmm. filter. If you don't want to see something with like that, like push certain views, you can mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. that on there. And and like anything that might trigger you, put all of that on there. Or anything you might not want your kids to see, make all of that in a filter, and mm-hmm. label every movie with that. Like the amount of labels that streaming services put on movies i think this is very much a practical thing they could do mm-hmm. and label everything as like okay this movie has all these things so if you put that you don't want one of those we're gonna just not even show you that we have it mm-hmm. on this streaming service like mm-hmm. it won't even be an option for you and i mean in terms of theaters that doesn't work quite as well because you know obviously theaters are a little different but you could still have it in place somehow like that just feels so much more free to me where it's not like okay like you can still figure out do i want my kid to see this like that's still something you could do but it's not labeling it in terms of age and and it's it's freeing up stuff where like if you don't like that this movie has three f words in it fine (laughs) but it can have three f words and not like that doesn't matter to like who can see it mm. evan really wants three f words in the script <laughs> I, I really do i really want that third f word <laughs> like that it's yeah i god like fuck the f word description <laughs> um, that is that is my it's not my only takeaway but like yeah i that is the end of my questions did you guys have anything else you want to say um i know we've been going for a long time with this but I didn't cover everything with these questions, so if there's anything else you guys want to say that we didn't cover, go ahead. I wanted to add uh, video games. I think video games do an 
okay job except when it comes to mature games mm. like i would be like 15 or 16 at my local game stop and <laughs> i i have hair on my face but they're like nah you need a parent to buy this game and i'm mm-hmm. like bro i've been playing mortal Kombat since i was in elementary school i don't think i need a parent for this but he doesn't know that so it's not his fault um, <laughs> you should have told him Right, uh, yeah, I shouldn't have been like, I've, I've been playing Mortal Kombat since before you were born. Um, everything else with, like, teen and stuff like that, normally the parents are going to be buying the games until the kid is old enough to play the mature games in the first place, so I think video games do an okay job at that. That was my only other point. Yeah, I don't think I have anything anything new to add to that, just that, yeah, I think the, I think the MPAA could, could do its job a lot better. The MPAA is like two blocks away from where I am right now. So if anyone wants me to go TP it, just let me know. Wait, really? I thought they were in yeah, LA. Yeah, it's in Washington. It's in Washington, D.C. This isn't. Wow. Good job. I thought for sure it was no. in L.A. Maybe they have offices in both. I think their headquarters is D.C. That would make sense. Tell them to shape up. I mean, maybe don't put a target on our backs, but. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> if something happens, it wasn't the podcast. not not at all not at all chase did you have anything to add nah uh give evan his three bucks (laughs) (laughs) three is such a good number (laughs) why not magic yeah you're supposed to decorate in three so like why would you not do that with fucks in a movie yeah yeah three extra rule of threes yeah the the rule of threes with filming Third, um, filming in with the thirds and all that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Three acts, three F words. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, if we're at the end of this very long podcast, let's go through the boilerplate. Um, for, first of all, this is like something very personal to people. So like, let us know what you think about this. I, like, feel free to write in about any episode, but especially this one. Like, I really want to hear other people's thoughts on this. So, I want like, to too. Tweet at us or email intanalysis18 at gmail.com like send in your thoughts and we'll read them on later episodes because like i like i really wanted to get more perspectives on this which is why we had guests but we are five of us and you know we're all around the same age we're not parents and i I think it was good like i wanted to have everyone like all basically of like the generation that like is starting to whether we're parents or not like transition into a more like parental role with the younger Mm -hmm. generation our parents generation has kind of like had their day with this and not to say that their opinion doesn't matter with it but like (laughs) i wanted to because it does it absolutely does but like we like we are like people who have been raised on a different mpaa system than they were Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i wanted like that perspective but regardless of your age like anything let us know what you think about this please there's going to be links in the show notes to the MPAA docs that I looked at and the documentary I mentioned. This film is not yet rated. Links for all of that are in the show notes. There's some really interesting stuff in there if you want to look deeper into some of what we talked about. Upcoming episodes, we've got Space Jam. Yeah. And we got <laughs> both Chocolate Factories, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And we'll be discussing the book in those two. Our logo is by Kelsey Hendry. You can follow us on Twitter at intanalysis18. You can follow me on Twitter at Davos Watson. And where can people find all of you, Keegan? Let's start with you. Uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere with just my name. 
Uh, it's Keegan Fritz, so K-E-A-G-E-N-F-R-I-T-Z. That's my Twitter. It's my Vimeo, and you can find all my writing and my short films uh, attached to all that stuff. It's all intermixed. So, yeah, just search search that name on Google. Paige? Um, you can follow my podcast on Twitter at T-R-I-T podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at Paige M. Morse. That's P-A-I-G-E-M. M-O-R-S-E. And I think my Instagram is the same thing. And also Paige's podcast is called The Revolution is Televised. Yes. Um, if you want to plug that, this is a good yeah. time. Yes. Yeah, a my song. podcast is song. on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, and it's called The Revolution is Televised. Uh, Chase? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my podcast is called The Afternoon Tune. Um, it's spelled exactly how you would think it would be. Uh, well, tune is... T-U-N-E. So like the music tune, not like Looney Tune. So that's not exactly uh, what we thought it would be. Go ahead. Well, you're wrong <laughs> because you thought wrong. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or even Twitch uh, at Mr. Chase Mac, M-R-C-H-A-Y-S-E-M-A-C. And all of like links to podcasts and handles we'll put all that in the show notes so and what about me evan you just, you yeah you too on, uh, uh, wasn't, wasn't gonna leave you uh, out just wanted to add that yeah uh y'all know what it is uh twitter <laughs> at jelani t kelly instagram at base phoenix and uh look at my scribble hub stories go to scribblehub.com and search base phoenix i got short stories on there so okay uh if that's all thank you guys all for coming on this was yeah very in-depth i think this is very different episode from anything we've ever done, but the longest very cathartic episode too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, actually, the decade recap was longer, but we split that in two. So longest single know. session, it's almost three hours. In. It's one for the record books. It was worth the time. It's a big topic. So anyway, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming on. Peace. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Peace.